0: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat, where we will look back on Saturday's one-all draw with Rochdale. Joining me today are our Argyle experts, Chris Errington and Baron Cross. Hi, guys.
1: Hi, Stu. Morning, Stu. Uh,
0: Chris, start with you. Um, great start to the game on Saturday, with Joel Grant scoring the first, first half goal of the season at Home Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone left home park a little bit flat, really, after what's, what kind of followed from that early goal.
2: Yeah, it was a fantastic start, wasn't it? And you'd like to have seen uh, Argyle go on and, and win that game, you know, convincingly. Um, but they weren't able to do that, and uh, one one at the end of the game, you know, it, it extends the unbeaten run to, to four games. So I suppose if you're the, the glass half full type, you know, that's a, a, a good position to be in in terms of uh, Argyle's start to the season. But it's still what seven home league games without a win, and uh, you know that is clearly going to have to improve if Argyle. Are going to have any chance of moving up the table? I think Rochdale was a game that you know Argyle were capable of winning, and disappointing they weren't able to do that. So I, I think that's why people felt flat that um, you know, that was a game that they were more than capable of winning.
0: Yeah, as uh, as Chris said there, Barron, um these are the games Argyle need to start winning, don't they? Because otherwise, you know, if they're not careful, they could get cut adrift. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, as Chris quite wisely put in his post-match video on Saturday, it's you can look at these things in, in, in a myriad of ways, can't you? It's, it's four matches unbeaten, which we'd have said it was before, before Shrewsbury and wasn't after Fleetwood, yes. if you'd have told us they'd take six from the next 12. I mean, I'd have snapped the hand off me. I wouldn't have believed it when you, when you consider there were you know, matches against Shrewsbury, a trip to Blackburn. Uh, and away to Wimbledon, which is doable of course, and then Rochdale down here. So I think there are certainly signs of improvement, um, but you are right to. You. I think you know, they need to keep picking up three points. I think for the moment, given how bad they were, I think taking sort of three draws and a win from four matches is is, is a good improvement. I think we've got to accept that at the moment that's progress, and that's a good thing I think for our guard at the moment. And. At some point, they they will have to turn those those into win, wins. Of course, and you know, it was fantastic to see they did get the win. It with I wasn't there, but you know it was such a big relief to see they got that result because I think we all knew they needed it. Um, FA Cup this weekend is that going to sort of hamper momentum a little bit? I mean, I'd have liked to see another league game, but you know the Cup has got to be played, isn't it? I mean, it, it may well be a healthy distraction, but you know we'll see. But you are right. I mean, teams like Fleet. Um, Rochdale, Romani a little bit of the Fleetwood game Fleetwood came down here 1-2-1 but they, they weren't great you know, they, was, they were there for, for their taking and if Argyle turn up that day that's the sort of home match they need to be winning I think we all accept there are some opposition in this division that are going to come to Henry Park and Argyle aren't going to be the favourites and getting the job yeah. would be a good result I think Rochdale are probably in that category where I think if Derek Campbell was honest that he, Rochdale are in the group of teams that Argyle need to be beating at home Based based on how poor they were at the start of the season, we'll take it as a solid result. I will, anyway. Um, But moving forward, you are right to, yeah, I think longer term, that they they do need to win those.
0: Not just the fact that Argyle would win that game, but of course it would bring Rochdale into that pack of of teams in and around Argyle as well.
2: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: uh, We put an appeal out for questions, as we always do, and we were absolutely inundated with questions about Derek Adams and his tactics. just putting one out there oh. as a sort of generic question, really, from we- Lee Williamson. Why won't the tactics change and be more attacking, basically? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've addressed this one so often, Chris. You, it,
2: yeah, I mean, and David Manson's made a point, Stu. Just to sort of pick up on David's point, because that sort of covers a similar theme to, to Lee's.
0: Yeah, OK, D- yeah. Uh, David Manson. Mr mm-hmm. Adams' tactics are very hard to understand, and his explanation on his tactics are very hard to comprehend. His explanation on corner kicks totally confusing and on Saturday Rochdale were invited to attack as we only defended in a backward moving line 25 yards from our goal. This however is a normal home tactic which most teams seem to be aware of. The gap between the lone striker and midfield is far too big. Tactically Mr Adams should remember that old adage if it ain't broke don't fix it. Unfortunately I don't think Mr Adams realises it's broke couple of issues there, Chris. Mm-hmm, yep. um, the set pieces, should you start with the set pieces? Why, did, why does he bring everyone back from corner kicks? Well,
2: um, I asked um, Derek Adams about that recently and um, we had a piece in the Herald where he explained in great depth his thinking behind it. Now, people can choose to accept his opinion on defending corners or not, but um, the way he explained it showed that he clearly believes in it. Mm. And basically he believes that... Um, it's very rare that teams score on a counter-attack when they've been defending a corner, and he feels that it's much more important to make sure they don't concede from a corner. Now, one of goals problems this season is they've conceded too many goals from corners. Um, so you could maybe say there's too many cooks spoil the broth, and, and maybe there's too many people, but his, his theory, and he broke it down into numbers and where people had to be, they were they were in the post, Jan Songo's sole job is to go and win the headers, um, it's it's all thought out mm. that doesn't surprise me because we know Derek Adams is meticulous with everything so you might not like the tactic but, but Derek Adams is very much of the opinion that when we're defending the corner you defend the corner and if the ball goes out and somebody's 30 yards out from goal and challenged, he's prepared to accept that and because Argyle are going to have 11 players in the box the opposition are going to have 6 I think he, he he said and the odds are that eleven should stop six from scoring. Yes. Um, and now, whether you like that uh, explanation or not, that's your your, your everyone will have a, an opinion on that. But mm-hmm. he's very much of the opinion on that. And um, heard, heard you, it said
0: from other managers as well, Chris. Yeah. The objective is to keep the ball out the back yes, of the net. Yes. So the more players you have back, the greater chance you're going to give yourself of yeah. doing that.
2: And so. the, the flip side of that is that Argyle have conceded some poor goals from corners even though they've had 11 players back. So you do leave yourself open to criticism when you can see goals and corners yeah. when you've got that many back. But but that's the, the reason. The negative tactics, I'd like to think that through the podcast, In thank you for all the questions again this week, everyone, and through the web chat and through the various articles we've done, I I think we've covered pretty much all bases in terms of why Derek Adams... Plays that way. He's, he, we've given him a, a, a chance, and he's taken the opportunity to explain why he his tactics. I think we tried to analyse him and give people a sort of uh, a sort of an analytical sort of insight and our opinions on, on, on why uh, Derek Adams plays that way. Um, in summary, I would say that his, his tactics. I, I wouldn't call them negative, but they Argyle is certainly not an open, expansive football team. Would this current set of players be able to play open and expansive football in League One and be successful? I'm not sure they would, in all honesty. Um, And I would point to the fact that you know, if you look at Derek Adams' track record as a manager over a long period of time, 10 years as as a manager, he's had an awful lot of success. Granted, not so much this season, but he's had a lot of success playing the same way. And he wouldn't be the man that I think he is if after a a month or two's bad results he suddenly changed his football principles so I think whether people like it or not I think this is the way Arbel will will generally play I, I did ask him after the game on Saturday did you defend too deeply in the first half because to me they did defend too deeply and he said that wasn't the plan he wasn't sat there wanting them to defend that deep um... But you know, confidence is still fragile. They've got themselves into a lead, admittedly, after 41 seconds, and and they've sort of gone on. the I don't think there was an instruction for them to go on the defence, but they did, and that allowed Watchdale into the game, and Watchdale got the equaliser. I thought in the second half, it was clear that they played higher up the pitch. They didn't defend. On their own penalty area they pushed higher up the pitch the midfield three got more involved in the game as a result in terms of getting on the ball and while i can't honestly sit here and say that argyle were dominant in the second half they were better they did create a couple of decent opportunities you know and if graham carey put the chance that he had in the second half away which more often than not he would have done argyle could have easily won that game 2-1 so Negative tactics, it's, it's a topic, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we're, I mean, we're spending a lot of our time debating it, writing, discussing it, aren't we? Indeed. Baron, I'll, I'll just go back to something
0: else Dave Manson says here, right. and that's the uh, it's a normal home tactic. I mean, do, do you think Derek Adams needs to be? I mean, Chris touched mm. on the point there about being more expansive. Mm. Rochdale at home, is that the sort of team that you need to be more expansive against at home in order to get the win?
1: I mean, you know. I I think it it does come down to Derek Adams as a manager and the type of manager you're employing because Mm. playing expansive or not playing expansive is not directly linked to going to win a football match. Just because you don't choose to play expansively doesn't mean you don't want to win. And because. because he doesn't play expansive, I don't, I don't think that then means he doesn't want, he just wants to win in a different way. You know, he, he wants, he, to, he, win he's wants a winner, to win to win every single he? Yeah. Matches, yeah. but yeah. He, because, he's, he's deliberately choosing not to play expansive because he doesn't believe that is the way to win the football match. So, whether we like it or not, that's Derek Adams as a football man, that's, it's inherent to his character, it's the manager that James Brent employed, it's the manager that got Argyle out of League Two. They're his principles, and as Chris has said on a number of occasions, which I agree with. If he started to abandon his principles, I'd be very, very worried because then we're on very dodgy ground. Mm. So mm. I think everybody would love to for Argar to turn up and play play like Barcelona at Home Park on a Saturday and really you know, play a high line, pressing in the final third, winning the ball back in and around Watchtel's penalty box. But that's not the way Derek Adams plays, and I don't think that's their qualities that suit Derek Adams' players. I don't think they've got the attributes to play that kind of game. So... Um, yeah, we we would like to see expansive football, but Just because he doesn't doesn't mean he doesn't want to win at home. I think um, I, I can see the correlation between maybe you would want to play more attacking at home park than they do away from home. I think that that's a fair point. But um, I don't think you need to go full bore and say go from playing counter attack away to then playing a controlling attacking game at home. I don't think I don't think it's probably sensible to play that way because you're flip flopping between the two. You get no consistency. The players aren't know really where they stand. Um, yeah. I think in the
2: second half against Rochdale they were they got on the front foot a bit more and played like they should do at home. Um, now if they'd done that in the first half then I'm not sure Rochdale would have got back in the game, but they did fall too deep. Now you know, like I say, Derek Adams said that wasn't the plan. So the players have sort of got themselves into a lead and they've immediately got into the mindset we're gonna, you know, get everyone back and mm-hmm. it was like a four five one. And um, it just allowed Rochdale a chance to to get a bit of possession and, and get in, in the game in the second half. That's the sort of performance they're going to have to put in at home. But for the for the ninety minutes, and mm-hmm. if they do get themselves in front in games, um, then they are a little bit more um, a little bit more positive. I, I can't see this current team in League ones score winning games three or four 0 I just no. I just don't see it happening. No. They're going to have to grind out results. So. Um, did you no, notice
0: that any kind of instruction from Derek Adams during the first half then to get further up the
2: pitch? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, but it's not always easy from the sidelines to, no. to to get things... Uh, it was interesting, I was talking to somebody before the game um, against Rochdale on Saturday and he'd been stood right behind Derek Adams at Wimbledon. And, um, you know, at Wimbledon you're very close to the pitch so you, you, he literally could hear every single word that was uttered and... Uh, he said that Derrick Adams spent virtually the whole game against Wimbledon telling Argyle to push up. Really? Yeah. Mm. So, I, I don't, you know, bear in mind, Derek Adams is a winner. He wants to win games. If he doesn't win games, he won't be a football manager at Argyle for, mm. for, forever. So, um, he's adopting tactics that, one, have worked for him very well over the years, and two, I think most people would agree that the, the tactics that he's employing suit the squad that he has at the moment. Um, I, I think if Argyle try to to play a, a high pressing game and you know you know lots of attacking flair play and and uh, wingers pushing up and the fullbacks pushing beyond the wingers, I, I just think that's uh, that's asking for trouble in the current state of you know state of play for Argyle.
1: Think about the flair players Argyle have got: you know, like mm. Ainsworth, Mieres, mm. yeah. um, Carey. I suppose you have got a flair play. If you imagine the team being chock full of those, I mean, think about how flimsy that team would be. I mean, I think we've seen that the Mieres gets pushed off the ball quite easily, Ainsworth's Inconsistent. Uh,
2: Grant's playing ahead of Wild, probably be because of shape and discipline. Frenzy team, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, they, they, the opposition just cut through them like a knife through butter. Mm. But I can understand. I, I, I can understand. I totally get. You know, you sat watching the first half on Saturday. You have scored after 41 seconds. Um, you think class. this is a great yeah. start. We're going on and win this two or three 0 yeah. and, and as a fan, you sat there feeling. And then for the next sort of 20, 25 minutes, you, you watch your team sort of fall deeper and deeper and deeper and and, and I, I get it. I totally get it. And it, it wasn't good. Like I say, Derek Adams said that wasn't the plan. And I thought in the second half they were better. But um, it, it's not what you want to see. But when your team's bottom of the table and, and confidence is low and things haven't gone well, you know they need to get a base. Now, they're unbeaten in four games. Six points. That's, that's a pretty decent return. But they're going to have to start winning games, but at least yeah. they've built a base you know because I think if you remember after that Fleetwood game there was a the players had a long chat in the dressing room after afterwards um, Now that was you know you don't get many of those sort of conversations in the season where the players sit in the dressing room gone six o'clock and they had a, now, I don't know what was said, but I'd love to know you, they were in there for a long time now since then they've, they're unbeaten in four so so something's picked up they've stopped yeah. the rot haven't they they've I mean, stopped the rot it's, now, it's, not,
1: it's not two wins and two draws it's one win and three mm-hmm. draws but it's not ten defeats in a row or something yeah. they,
2: mm-hmm. they have stopped the rot they're not out of the woods by then, any stretch of the imagination but they've closed that gap haven't they they're, they're well, four points is, four points from safety yeah. it's not great but they're Better not adrift they're not adrift no. so um, you know Northampton North. on the horizon as well yeah, yeah that's yeah. going to be a huge mm-hmm.
0: game now um, just one final point on that. Gary Palmer said something has to change in home games for Argyle, or we will be relegated. Away tactics I can totally agree with, and is the way forward. I could accept that the Shrewsbury game, as they were top of the ta- uh, top of the league side, and Argyle had to defend a one 0 lead late in the second half. But after scoring early on Saturday, Argyle should be pushing for that second and third goal. <coughs> Excuse me, against a team we should be beating. Instead, possession and momentum were lost. We all agree Argyle need to score in games, but even that is not enough. HP—that is an overriding issue, though, isn't it? I mean, you look at the stats this season; that Argyle have only scored more than one goal in in one game.
2: Yeah, and, and, that was, and apart from the Czech
0: Trade Trophy games. And, and
2: Gary's got some valid points, and I think I think we've sort of discussed, you know, the the, the position on tactics. But I, I, yeah. I, I can see where Gary's coming from. Totally,
1: yeah. Yeah, Baron, more goals are needed, aren't they? I think so, Stu. But I think we, 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 what? How far are we into the season now? We're approaching yeah, third of the line. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we've got to accept that this group of players. It's not maybe really an attacking team. It's a defensive team set up defensively. Just thinking about why they dropped that deeper after the goal on Saturday. They've got they've got seven defensively minded players. You've got the back four: Jaguar, Fox, and Zongo. They're all defensively minded players. Yeah. Unfortunately, with that with that, with that personnel, which I think. It's a very, very solid base. We talked about that for Blackburn. Mm. I think I, I wouldn't change that. But the trade-off is yeah. they're defensively minded, and mm-hmm. if they're a goal up, their natural inclination is going to be to drop back a little bit. For better or worse, that's what you're going to get from those seven, which yeah. then puts even more of an onus on the front three, as, as we know. But. Yes, you I think we've got to accept that this team isn't going to score a lot of goals and if they're going to stay up, it's because it's going to be through clean sheets rather than beating, beating teams by goal. Yeah.
0: Interesting point from Ben. He said, we've all been critical, myself included, but for whatever reason, he doesn't look likely to change his philosophy. So is it time we accept and get behind the lads and Derek Adams' tactics?
2: I think it's always worth getting behind the lads. and That's, mm. what, you, that's what you go for. You? As a football fan, you go to support your team. Mm. Um, do you accept the tactics? I can understand people don't accept the tactics. Um, me personally, for, for as, as we've discussed, I think they're the, the, the best tactics for, for our, our last team stand at the moment. But um, yeah, definitely get behind the team. I thought the, the, the crowd did that really well. I mean, 8, 000, I will make a point, 8,800 against Rochdale in October when you're bottom of the table. Uh, Half term. Half yeah. term. You haven't won at home since August the 12th. I thought that was a good size of crowd. There was only 160 away fans, and, yeah. I, and I thought they did in the second half when the team gave them any sort of encouragement at all. They got behind them. Uh, there was plenty of noise, plenty of positivity. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think Ben's right. I, you know, I, I don't see the manager changing his philosophy. I don't think he should change his philosophy because then he's not the manager that you know we, we've seen and expect him to be. Um, you might not like the tactics. Get behind the team and um, and hopefully they can uh, build on the, the the four four game unbeaten run.
0: Yeah, it's certainly be interesting to see what happens in January if you know mm-hmm. Derek Adams looks to sort of evolve the team slightly more. He he and he, a bit he more always team. does in transfer windows, yeah. and I
2: remember him saying, "I always look to refresh every six months." and uh, uh, you wouldn't be at all surprised if there were five or six changes in January.
1: Given his movements in the free agent market, outside the transfer window, he clearly is yeah. keen, if not desperate, to, yeah. to change, change the personality. Yeah, he no, realizes
0: that yeah. he needs to make changes. Yeah, definitely. And certainly with that striker as well, obviously, Simon Church, we believe, Manchester was down here on, yeah. on trial, yeah. but went to Scunthorpe instead. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, Shifty's almost certainly going to go out yeah. isn't he? So yeah. that will free up some, some space. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if they weren't busy in January. The key is, obviously, to get to January... And, and be in touch, and, and you know, then you can really push on in the second yeah. half of the season. Because
0: that's that's going to be a difficulty in itself. Is trying to persuade a player to come down and
1: join a, a league one relegation battle. Yeah. You know, that's going to, to the be But geography
2: yeah. them, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come
1: all this way down and then be scrapping for your life. Yeah.
2: But, but much better to be in a position where you're in the thick of it
0: rather than be a drift. adrift. drift. drift, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, as I say, that's uh, one positive you can take from yeah. the recent results is that that gap has hmm. reduced to four points now. Hmm. Uh, on that point, Wayne Morgan says, "I will say we are getting okay results, mm. but we're still a way off. But mm. the results are going in, going slightly in the right direction. Mm. The, you know, the win yeah. at Wimbledon was massive. Slightly is the
1: word, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. they, they that, are going in the right direction. As slowly. you said, Baron, that Northampton game is going to be massive.
1: That's, of course, is that's on the that, that is, is, is because I kept thinking Northampton to and turn it around. So Hasselbank came in. I mean, this is embarrassing. I did not have to finish the playoffs this year. I mean, their <laughs> personnel on paper looked fantastic, but it just hasn't happened at all, has it? Edinburgh lost his job. they
2: have got some good players yeah, up came in, yeah. and
1: you think Hasselbein given his record, I mean, did he take Burns to two promotions? Yeah. I mean, you mm-hmm. think he's going to come in there and turn it around, and heck I mean, they're, they're very inconsistent. I know they've yeah. had, a, they had a win at a similar time to Argar, but I mean, they, Six nil at home to Bristol Rovers. I mean, that that is going to be a massive game, especially down here on a Tuesday night in yeah. the I mean, that's for to I mean, that it's almost a six-pointer, in. it's going to be November. Big game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, on the subject of embarrassing things we've said, I tipped Rotherham to
0: struggle oh on the basis that um, the guy they got from Keeper no, Moore. Keeper Moore, you've scoring the season. <laughs> so, yeah, seen. exactly. He's been a gold machine. <laughs> so it just shows what we know. Uh, Richard Sloman, I'll put it, in, put it to the panel 16 games gone, more than a third of the season now. Do you, in your heart of hearts, feel the current squad is capable of survival? I know we have had a couple of key players out injured, but the evidence suggests we are not. It really pains me to say it, but dogged defending, bodies on the line, and works tirelessly up front is not winning games and getting Argyle up the league. Which
1: is so the much back, is it? You
0: can be no, a good for those yeah. I, I,
2: I still feel they're capable of survival, yeah, I do. Hand on heart. They're, they're only four points adrift. They've had a dreadful start to the season. They've had red cards galore. They've had okay. a stack of injuries. Uh, they've conceded really poor goals from corners. Uh, and they've struggled to score goals and create chances. Now, hopefully, the injuries will improve. The suspensions—you know—they haven't had a yellow card in five games. I'm touching with when I say this. So, disciplinary-wise, things are improving. Defensively, corners—they have been, there has been a bit of an improvement, and they can keep working at that. The, the big problem is going to be scoring goals. Yeah. Um, now, that might be addressed in January, or it might be an issue all season that they're going to have to get by with. But if they can steer clear of injuries, make sure they don't get any more red cards, defend better at corners, they've only got to finish 20th. I know that's not aiming very high, but they've only got to finish 20th. Mm -hmm. So, sat here at the end of October, start of November, yeah, I do think they are capable of surviving. Graham Carey's playing better, two goals and two assists in the last last few games. Jan Songo's playing really well. Hats off to him at the moment, Mm -hmm. he's playing really well. Um, they've got Remy Matthews in and I've been impressed with him you know you've got three goalkeepers out and they've still been able to find a goalkeeper who to me looks as though he's more than capable of doing a good job there's pieces in place Um, have they got to improve yes of course they have is it going to be a struggle to stay up of course it is but I wouldn't give up on them just yet although you know I I, I feel Richard's pain you know um, know, I know he's a committed Argyle fan and um, you know, doggy defending, bodies on the line, working tirelessly out front probably isn't going to be enough. But I, I do feel that you know, without getting carried away, they have at least built themselves a base with this four-game unbeaten mm-hmm. line They, you know, they were in free fall weren't they? Was it eight defeats out of nine? You know, and they've stopped that rot. Now they've got to try and build on it. That's that's the way I would look at it.
1: Yeah, Baron, are they going to stay up. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's really really good points, and I think. Um it's a good question. you know. is this squad is this capable of survival? Yeah, I think it is capable. Absolutely. I think a few more things have got got to go their way. Chris is right. They've got to get some of these injured players back. They need a goal scorer. I mean, they really. I mean, I really can't. I mean, we've said it before, haven't we? When when a team is doing badly and players are out injured, their value is through the ceiling. And I think, I mean, Ryan Taylor feels like the Messiah at the moment. I mean, he's not going to score goals, but he just he suits that style so much better. And when we went to Peterborough, on the the day, I and mean, that feels like an eternity away, but. When I saw the way they played in that first half with Taylor and Froelkel, mm. and team, I thought, God, this is brilliant. I mean, Peterborough, when we came away from it thinking Peterborough are gonna be up there mm. and our gave him a really good go that day, and that feels like an eternity away. So when Ryan Taylor gets back, that's you know that's another shot in the arm. Froelkel, we you know, I mean, that's becoming a bit saga now, isn't it? Froelkel, yes. I mean, yeah. we, we, Adams hasn't given anything on that, mm. so fascinating to see what happens with him. I think clearly he needs to come back, and January is going to be massive, isn't it? I mean, mm. the recruitment, like, if, if, if they can just stay in touch, as we've said a few times already when they get to January at least there's something to fight for but yeah I think the current squad is capable um, Chris says that the base is there four without the feet confidence will be coming back Carey's playing brilliantly again Sonnery's been fantastic hasn't he and
0: Joel grant scored a couple of goals as well yeah,
1: yeah it's interesting Joel Grant isn't it he mm. sort of needed those goals I think. Didn't yeah
2: he, he, he looks as though he's playing with a bit more confidence after the the goal against Rochdale on Saturday it was a shame he, he got the uh, twisted ankle and he went off but yeah uh, I've sat next to our colleague Jack Ball and I was just saying to him I think this is you know, some of the best I've seen Joel Grant play, he was, he was looking a bit more confident, two goals in two games, confidence, confidence is a massive issue yeah, in football, I mean you know, it, it really is, it's so easy to lose confidence mm. but so hard to, to build it back up mm. again and I think you know, Argyle is just slowly building up this confidence and they just need to keep picking up results, mm. it might not be p- pretty at the moment, You know, anyone that was at home park knows it wasn't pretty on Saturday and, and you'd like to have seen the win but they have got a little bit of momentum at the moment, and that's,
0: that's something, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Matty Ratcliffe, I thought this was an absolutely brilliant point that he, that he sent in, so thanks for this, Matty. Uh, the squad is more than capable. There is some quality in there. It just needs to get forward more and keep it on the ground more. I believe that this, uh, I believe that the same team should have walked League Two. The campaign was made difficult because of poor tactics. I will think those same tactics will get us relegated. Team is good enough to be mid-table, psychology is massive, but it's down to the management to give them confidence.
2: Is it down to the management to give players confidence? You get confidence by getting results.
0: And playing well. And playing well. That just can um, help with it,
2: can't they? Um, yeah, I mean, so you can give players confidence by putting arms around shoulders and, and, and things like that. Um, I'm not sure that squad last season was ever going to walk lead two um, against Portsmouth and Doncaster. Um, you know they, they, they had arguably better squads than Argyle um, and you look at the players that left in the summer uh, none of them have gone on to, to sort of pull up any trees anywhere else sort of thing. Um, I, I'm not sure they should have they should have walked away to you know were they going to finish 10 12 points ahead of Bolton for Doncaster I'm not, I'm not sure the tactics again well we just discussed tactics. Um, I, I agree with Matty that the, the squad is capable. Psychology is massive. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, And that's one thing managers can improve on, Um, you know. And and trying to get the best out of players—that's what you've got to do when you're in a rut. You've got to get the best out of the players. And uh, you know, we'll we'll judge Derek Adams on and and his ability to get the best out of players over the course of the season and where they finish at the end of the season. Psychology is an area that is clearly, I would expect Derek Adams to be working on a lot at the moment. Yeah.
1: Baron? Yeah, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Do we? We don't know what goes on in training. We don't know how um, how Derek and, and Craig and, and Paul are managing the team behind the scenes. We don't know whether they're what they're doing to build or or kill any confidence in training. So we can't really comment on that. All we can comment on is the matches. Um, you know, say. I mean, Derek Derek in public always says the right things. I think to build confidence, he rarely really digs the players out. So um, you know, we. Like Chris says, I mean, it comes down to results, doesn't it? Really. I mean, if 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 one or two players don't like the way Derek treats them in training, or if if Derek doesn't help with confidence, then we will see in the results, won't we? And if, the, and if the results don't improve and they get relegated, then clearly Derek didn't, didn't do his job well enough, perhaps, in, in some regards. So we've got to base it on the results. It looks like things are turning at the moment. Confidence must be building in some way. Um, yeah, Matty touches on a few points we've already discussed. Really, the squad is more than capable. There is quality there. Tactics need to change. And how much more they're going to change now? Derek is yeah. Derek. I mean, he plays football the way he sees fit. I mean, I think he he is capable of changing the right circumstances, but maybe not from from the start of matches. I think it sort of changes as the match progresses.
0: Yeah. Uh, one final question, Mark Rice. Why is it that Argyle fans seem unable to be realistic with their expectations? We're starting to settle and compete, and we need the Green Army to get behind the lads. But it seems as if all all of them are, all of, all they are capable of doing is criticizing. Derek Adams and the boys. I, I thought, the fa- as you said, Chris earlier, Chris, um, the, the fans certainly seem to be behind the team right now. There Doesn't minority, seem to be too yeah, many you know, dissenting voices.
2: We're, we're all football fans. You all have a whinge about your team every now and then. Some people whinge about their team more than, than others do. Um, you know, I can't believe that any of the eight thousand eight hundred fans that were at home park on Saturday thought that was a great performance, Margot but some people vocalise it and express their opinions in different ways than others. It doesn't mean that, the, that everyone's uh, happy about the way the team are playing this season or anything like that, but um, like I say, I, I think that, you know, to get 8,800 on Saturday I thought was a, was a really good turnout. It shows the fans are, are, are sticking behind the team. Um, well, some fans, are, Mark says, you know, are, are, why is it that Argyle fans seem unable to be realistic with their expectations? You know, again, it's all down to opinions, isn't it? This yeah. is the beauty of football. You know, some people expected Argyle to be playoff contenders this season. So, some people expected them to be comfortably top ten. You know, if you thought that, then you are going to be unhappy and and, and critical because you were saying, "Well, we should be doing much better than this." Other people who, who sort of said, "Well, I'll just be glad if they stay up this season." we probably say "Well, we're not in a great position, but we're still more than capable of uh, of staying up." So, you know.
0: And that's exactly what Derek Adams says, wasn't yeah. it? This season was about consolidation. consolidation. So,
2: you know, it's, it's, it's a game of opinions. It's a yeah. cliche, I know it is, hmm. but, but everyone has their opinions. Who's to say who's right and who's wrong? But, um, you know, we one of the things with the podcast, we do try and, and put some insight into why things are happening at Arval. We don't know all the answers because we don't go to training, as Baron says. So we don't go in the dressing room, so we don't know exactly what's said. But we are lucky to have access that the fans don't don't get and so we do try and interpret things and explain things now yeah. the, sometimes the answers that we come up with aren't necessarily the answers that some fans want to hear but we do, tr- we do yeah. present them and then it's up to people to, to make their own judgments, mm-hmm. isn't it
0: indeed uh, moving on then guys yeah. uh, tomorrow night of course it's the start of the FA Youth Cup for Argyle mm-hmm. and a home clash against Eastleigh Chris, you're going to
2: go up there and, yes, and watch it? Yes, 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 I am. Yeah, I, I always enjoy the FA Youth Cup yeah. games. So big, big, big games for the apprentices. You know, if you get a chance, I know it's Halloween tomorrow, isn't it? But you know, if you get a chance to go along and, and watch the game, give the lads some support, they will appreciate it. For some of them, it might be the only chance they play in a sort of competitive match at home park. It's a big deal for these kids, and yeah. uh, you know, to play on the main pitch under the floodlights. I've got no idea what to expect from Eastleigh. I've got to be honest. Um, we're talking to Kevin Hodges the academy director today so he'll give us a bit of an insight into the game. Wish the lads all the very best of luck.
0: Yeah indeed and Berham, finally FA Cup on Saturday you said yes. you, you, you could do without a we, we, game we, right We now. love a good
1: cup discussion don't we? It's a bit like talking about the England team there's sort of a bit of apathy that <laughs> sort of surrounds cup competitions nowadays because everybody's just got this insatiable appetite for, uh, for league matches but um, yeah I mean when, we, when the draw came out I mean Grimsby at Home Park didn't really sort of instil any sort of Excitement, I suppose, is the word. Um, so we'll see how they go. I mean, Chris and I discussed it a little bit, sort of, um, before we recorded the podcast. I mean, there's probably little sense in changing the team too much. Build on some momentum. Keep that group of players together. Getting a little bit more familiar with each other. Maybe try some different tactics out. Who knows? You might see some expansive football. <laughs> but I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, yeah, I mean, get get through get through the Grimsby game, and then you know we're appropriate If we can get through to the third round again, I mean, we all know how fantastic last year was. I mean, it just the city almost sort of came over I and Derek said in his post in his in his press conference that he felt like the city had sort of come to life again around the football club because of the Liverpool matches. So I think we'd all have a bit of excitement like that again if we can get to the third round.
0: And I think you make a good point there. It's not the most glamorous of, of cup draws but every cup run starts with a non glamorous know Last year it was Mansfield away, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it was. So it's they have to start somewhere, so... Uh,
2: Just as long as there's no replaying Grimsby on a Tuesday night. Don't yeah. fancy that? Cheap, no, it's definitely, <laughs> 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 definitely not.
0: <laughs> OK, great. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, thanks to Chris and Baron for joining me, and thanks to you out there for listening as well. We'll be back again with more of the same next week,
1: so be sure to join us then. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.